Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. Wherever you're listening from, we believe God will change your life through today's message from Pastor KJ Johnson. So stay tuned. The title of my sermon is, What is Wisdom? Everyone say, what What is is wisdom? What is wisdom? Now, before I tell you what is wisdom, I want to tell you why you need it. I want to tell you why you need wisdom. It's because if you are having any struggle in your life, it is traced back to a lack of wisdom. Every heartbreak you've ever had is traced back to a lack of wisdom. You, you could have discerned that he was abusive if you had wisdom. You could have saw red flags if you had wisdom. You would have listened to your homegirls that said he ain't no good if you had wisdom. You wouldn't have believed his cunning lies if you had wisdom. I want to even take you to Adam and Eve. The reason why I believe Adam and Eve fell into sin is because they had something that God vowed to never give another human. They had instant success. Instant success. The Adam and Eve, they did not have to grow they didn't have to struggle. They, they didn't have to build it from the ground up. They, they had, they immediately, they were placed in a garden. They had plenty of provision. They had everything they need. No struggle, no strain, no crushing, no breaking, nothing. They was immediately put in paradise and immediately placed in peace. And guess what? When, when pressure came, when testing came, when trials came, when trying came, they failed. Why? Because they didn't have to develop wisdom. Now, that was born with wisdom, but it's something about being born with wisdom and developing wisdom. And that's why God said, all the way to the point after he saw their failure, he said, even when I come into the earth, I do not want to come as a man. I want to come as a baby so I can grow and develop wisdom because every failure in life is traced to a lack of wisdom. Now, wisdom is many things. It can be expressed in many ways. It can be expressed in courage. It can be expressed in strength. It can be expressed in knowledge. It can be expressed in good judgment. It can be expressed many, many ways. And Eve didn't have the strength to resist the enemy because she didn't have wisdom. She was manipulated by the devil. Let me show you how he manipulated her. God said he created man in his what? Image. And after his what? Likeness. So if you're made in the image of God, in the likeness of God, is it safe to say you're, you're like God? Is it safe to say that? Well, check this out. Let me show you how unwise Eve was. The serpent came to her and said, if you eat from the forbidden tree, you would be like God, knowing good and evil. She was created like God, and she was tempted with what she already had. How do you tempt somebody? How do you make somebody buy something that's already in their possessions? You deceive them because they lack wisdom. The devil tried the same thing to Jesus, but it didn't work because Jesus was wise because Jesus developed. You need wisdom. So your broken heart is traced back. Some of you guys are broke. I'm not going to ask you to wave your hands. Some of you are sitting next to your spouse and you're like, if it wasn't for this joker, we'll have some money in the bank. Don't point at him. Just blink hard. Just blink, blink, blink. (laughs) Don't point at him, please. I'm going to tell you why he wasted the money. Because he lacked wisdom. 
Have you, I know this is really popular with wives that do a lot of counseling. They're just like, man, my husband, he's just so gullible. Everyone deceived. Lacks wisdom. Your kids. Ain't it funny how your kids can come home with a friend and you're looking like she's jealous of you. She does not like you. They're not your friend and they're only hanging with you because you got a car and they don't. You don't know dad. You don't know mom. They love me. You don't know. And you're just like, okay. Now you're in a room with your wife and you're just like, okay, she's going to get her heart broke. They're going to do her wrong. They're going to betray her. What do we do? Oh, I guess nothing. She lacks wisdom because she's 14 and smarter than everyone in the world, right? Every problem in life is traced back to a lack of what? Wisdom. wisdom. So I'm going to show you the importance of wisdom. But before I do that, I'm going to share a story with you. There was this man. And this man went to the doctor. And when he went to the doctor, the doctor said, sir, what is wrong with you? I see you. I see your auntie. Like, what's wrong with you? And he said, doctor. Everything on my body hurts. Everything hurts. And the doctor said, everything. He said, everything. The doctor said, hmm, interesting. The doctor said, touch your knee. The man touched his knee. He said, ah! The doctor said, touch your shoulder. The man touched his shoulder. He said, ah! The doctor said, my God, I ain't never seen nothing like this. Touch your ear. The man touched his ear. He said, ah! The doctor said, my God, I got, uh, one more test for you. He said, touch your foot. The man touched his foot. He said, ah! The doctor looked at him. He said, idiot, you have a dislocated finger. <laughs> and because your finger is what's touching everything on your body, you are under the illusion everything is hurting when you really just have a broke finger. And I want to tell you something, church. You may be touching your money and you may be saying, ah! But you don't have a money problem. You have a wisdom problem. You may be touching your marriage and saying, ah, but you don't have a marriage problem. You have a wisdom problem. You may be touching your kids and saying, ah, but you don't have kid problems. You have wisdom problem. You may be touching your job and saying, ah, you don't have job problems. No, you have a wisdom problem. And if you would ever get wisdom right, the pain in your life will leave. If you would ever get understanding, things will leave. If you would ever get good judgment, if you would understand the ways of God and his divine instruction, all of your turmoil would leave. You have, my friend, a wisdom problem. This is the most important thing you can have. The Bible says in all of getting, get and get understanding. If you get this, you get everything. You get everything. I remember when one of my mentors did something, and I'm glad I was smart enough it's just whenever somebody asks you something that's bizarre, you just take the one that seems like less. And I'll never forget, one of my mentors, he was like, do you want this book or do you want $100? And I was like, well, I really want that 100 But because I'm mentoring you and you've been telling me to read, let me pick that book. You know what I'm saying? And I picked the book. And when I picked the book, there was something exciting about the book. The thing that was exciting about the book is the book had money inside of it. The book had money inside of it. And so many times we lack wisdom because we chase money, we chase relationships, we chase jobs, we chase all of these different things. But if we would get the wisdom, the jobs are in the wisdom, the money is in the wisdom, the relationships is in the wisdom, everything you need is inside of the wisdom. If you get wisdom and understanding, you get everything. The Bible says that wisdom has long life in her right hand and she has honor and riches in her left hand. 
which means that it, the Bible is basically saying it is better to be a wise, poor person than it is to be a rich fool. It is better to be wise and poor than it is to be rich and dumb. In other words, the number one thing you should trace is wisdom because wisdom adds to everything. Every area of your life is traced back to wisdom. Now, I'm going to do a little teaching. If you have your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. This is Old Testament, by the way. King Solomon. You guys enjoying this so far? Proverbs chapter 4. Now I'm going to read a couple translations because I really want you to catch and understand this scripture. I'm going to read the NLT first. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, Develop good judgment. Now we're going to go to the World English Bible. It says, wisdom is supreme. Get wisdom, yes, though it costs all your possessions, get understanding. So it's the same verse. So it's saying get wisdom is the greatest thing you can do. Then it's saying if it costs all of your possessions, which means if you have to trade your house, your car, your bank account, whatever it costs, be willing to pay it. Then the YLT translation says, The first thing is wisdom. Get wisdom and with all thine getting, get understanding. Then we go to the New King James Version, the one I'm going to preach out of. And it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all you're getting, get understanding. Now, we're going to break down. We're going to teach today. We're in class. We're going to break down exactly what wisdom is because I don't want you to leave with this lofty concept of wisdom. Now, I'll give you a lot of keys on wisdom next week, Ten Commandments of Wisdom. But I I want you to leave today knowing what is wisdom. So let's go ahead and jump into the question. What is wisdom? I'm going to tell you exactly what wisdom is. Wisdom is divine insight, instruction, and principles. Let me say it again. Wisdom is divine insight, instructions, and principles. Okay, I'll break it down for you. Wisdom is divine insight. In other words, divine insight is the ability to see behind the curtain. Wisdom is divine insight inside of a situation. Here's wisdom. Wisdom is when your daughter comes home with a guy. You could immediately, not casting false judgment because you don't want your baby to date, but you could immediately see straight through that guy and know his real motive. He's here to just sleep with my daughter. He's just dating her because he's bored. He has no real interest in her. Wisdom is seeing people's motives for your life. Wisdom is the ability to see through something. You're with a group of friends and you can look and say, they don't really like me here. Now, now you may get that same revelation, but that may be insecurity talking. That may be fear talking, rejection talking, a wound talking. But wisdom is the ability to see something that most people can't see. Moses said that as they murmured in their tent against Moses, the Lord told Moses what they said. That's divine insight, the ability to see through things. You can come to a job, you can immediately see the problems. You can come to a family and know this woman doesn't trust her husband. This is why their marriage is corroding. You can have divine insight. You can see within, you can see inside of things. You don't just look to something, you can look through it. Divine insight, insight about certain things. There are some people that are just insightful. They can look at finances, they get it, they understand it. They have 
insight. The next thing wisdom is, is it's not only having this divine insight, it's this insight of God. It's unknown. Have you ever seen someone that just had such insight? The person I always go to is my mom. She has such insight. Like, it would just be crazy things. We'll be driving, and she's like, we shouldn't go that way. And I'm like, why? This is the way we always go home. And then she's like, okay, we'll go that way. And then there was a wreck, and we were stuck for 30 minutes. So I'm like, how did you know there was a wreck? She's like, I didn't know it was a wreck. I just felt I had insight. We shouldn't go that way today. Insight, insight. There are some people, they're just wise. Maybe your grandparents, they have insight. The next thing wisdom has is divine instruction. Everyone say divine instruction. Okay, let me show you what divine instruction is. It is instructions from God. So there's a portion of wisdom that comes from instruction from God. The most important thing you will ever get from heaven is instruction. See, the reason why many of you guys aren't getting blessed is because you're going to God for a blessing. He's not giving you a blessing. He's giving you an instruction to blessing. You're going to God to fix your marriage. He's not going to fix your marriage. He's going to give you instructions to fix your marriage. You're going to God about your kids. He's not going to change your kids. He's going to give you instructions to change your kids. Everything you need from God will always be unfolded to you in instruction. Let me prove it. Every miracle in the Bible had instruction attached to it. There was a, there was a widow and she didn't have enough oil. And immediately... She was told by the men of God, hey, get jars and oil will flow inside of the jars. And every jar she had, God filled it with oil. But the moment all the jars was filled, the oil stopped flowing. She had an instruction, bring the jar, God will bring the oil. Now, in every instruction is divine wisdom. What was the divine wisdom inside of that instruction? The divine wisdom inside of that instruction was simply God teaching us about blessing. God was saying, before I can bless you, you have to follow the principles of blessing. One of the principles of blessing is, blessing is to never be wasted. In other words, God says, I never let blessing spill. Which means if you have something to catch blessing, I'll pour it. But the moment you're beyond your capacity to hold blessing, it stops. Which means that the level of blessing you're walking in is the level of blessing you can carry. If you want more blessing, have the capacity to carry more. She only got enough oil to fill all her jars. And you only have enough blessing to fill your hands. More blessing, bigger hands. More blessing, bigger hands. So he was teaching us that in side of instruction. The same thing. There was five, uh, there was 5,000, there was over 5,000 men, but there was over 20,000 people that were hungry. Jesus was preaching. The disciples came to Jesus. They said, Jesus, send these people home. They don't have anything to eat. Jesus looked at them and said, you must be crazy. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. So Jesus said, you give them something to eat. They said, Jesus, all we have is this little kid's lunch and we have five loaves and two fish. That's all we got. Jesus said, bring it to me. They brought it to Jesus. He blessed it. He broke it. And he multiplied it. What was Jesus teaching us by asking us to bring the food? Now, let me ask you a question, church. Did Jesus need the five loaves and the two fish to feed everybody? He's God, kitty. If you can multiply that, you can just make it yourself, right? 
but he did need it. He did need it because he was teaching us the principle of generosity. And he was saying, I cannot feed these people through you if you're stingy. I cannot feed them through you if you're stingy and you don't have divine instruction because you don't understand the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of man, bringing that is stupid. In heaven, is wise. And because you lack understanding, you got an attitude. Just imagine him. Here, Jesus. Look, dumb disciples got an attitude because you dumb. You're a fool. Now you mad. And what Jesus was teaching is, he was teaching the principle of generosity. Jesus was teaching them this. He was saying, if you give to me, I'll give back to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over. In other words, if you bring me a meal to feed one, I'll turn it into a meal that can feed 20,000. Teaching the principle of generosity. And there's so many people in the church broke because they're afraid to give Jesus their five loaves and two fish. And now their whole family can't be fed and and everyone surrounding them and connected to them can't be fed because they won't follow divine instruction. I'm preaching better than you. Amen. Let me take you. Let me take to the next one. There was a man and he was paralyzed. And Jesus said, stand, take up your mat and walk. Jesus, bro, you like you over here mocking handicapped people. Jesus, chill out. Just imagine being paralyzed and someone saying, hey, stand up, take your mat and walk. You're like, hold on. Like, like Jesus, we're going to fight. I'm low-key offended. But see, they didn't understand the divine instruction. See, divine instruction says that before you can walk in the flesh, you have to first walk by faith. Before you can walk in the flesh, you have to first walk by faith. In other words, Jesus said you'll never walk in the flesh until you first walk by faith, which means I need you to stand. Jesus, I can't stand. Stand. Jesus, I can't stand. Stand. And not only do I need you to stand, I need you to take up your mat. Why did Jesus need him to take up his mat? He was saying, because that mat is designed for your old condition. I need you to pick up your old condition. I need you to get rid of that mat. Because if you're standing, you leave the mat on the floor, you're never going to be able to walk because I need you to burn your plan to open up to the plan of God. Divine wisdom. So we look at these instructions as they're stupid. No, this is heaven giving us instruction on how to live our life and solve the problems of life. So when he stood, cool. When he took up that mat, that was true faith. He was saying, I got so much faith, I'm not going to rely on my past. See, some of you guys got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom trying to figure out why you can't walk in faith. God said, I'm going to need you to grab that left leg and put it in faith and watch what I'll do. I'm going to need you to step out into the unknown. I'm going to need you to step out when you can't see it. I'm going to need you to start that business when everybody's coming against you. I'm going to need you to lust that church in the middle of the ghetto. I'm going to need you to step out of your comfort zone and step into the faith zone. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God a praise break. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. In other words, God gave bizarre instruction. Why were the instructions bizarre? They was bizarre to earth. They were bizarre to earth. 
But in heaven, it was totally normal. It was totally normal in heaven. It was totally normal. Just imagine you're in heaven. You don't have enough. You give the God, it multiplies. But here is foolish. And the Bible says that the ways of the kingdom is foolish to the carnal mind. See, the wisdom of God is foolish to you because you're carnal. The carnal comes from the word carnivore. You're fleshly. You're so earthly, you're no heavenly good. You're carnivore. And the problem with being a carnivore is you was created to be a spirit and offspring of God. See, you're not a body. You have a body. You are a spirit. In other words, you have dual citizenship and you keep following the instructions of your flesh, not your faith. And if you follow the flesh, you can get successful, but you will never be blessed following flesh. I'll say it again. You will never be blessed following flesh. The blessing comes from above. Oh, come on, somebody. So what is wisdom? It's divine, divine insight, divine instruction. And the last one, it's divine principle. Everyone say principle. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and 7, we just read, it said wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the first thing. It's the principal thing. Let me break down wisdom because if you don't get this, you're going to be a frustrated human. Principle, principle, principle. Last week we learned that when God created the world, his right hand was wisdom. Wisdom said I was with God at creation, when he made the seas, when he made the earth, when he put all the laws into the universe. I was there. And he used wisdom to do it. So guess what? Wisdom is divine principle. So when God set the world in place, the laws and everything that it would operate based on, he used wisdom. So all the principles, the physical principles of the earth, aerodynamics, wisdom. What goes, what goes up must come down. Law of gravity. Like these are fixed laws. And if you don't understand them, you're bound by the laws. You're bound. Many of you guys are bound financially. You're bound in marriage. Some of you guys don't understand the wisdom of submission. Therefore, you don't submit to your husband and your marriage breaks. Some of you men don't understand the law of love. And you don't love your wife and now she's not secure and she can't serve you. This is wisdom. So just like the physical earth had laws in place, there are relational laws, business laws, financial laws. There are principles in the earth. And if you violate them, you pay. You broke. I'm going to tell you why you broke. It's because you violated the Bible concerning money. Someone in this room, think broke. Think broke. Just think. Think for a second. You broke, think about it. You broke. Some of you, some of you don't have $1,000 in your account. I'm not condemning you. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you give? Do you bless people? Are you selfish? Do you save your money? Do you think about the future? If you violated everything the Bible said about money, God don't have to punish you. The principles do. The principles do. The principles will always punish you. If you violate the principles of marriage, divorce will punish you. You violate the principles of parenting, your kids will punish you. You violate the principles of hard work, your bank account will punish you. God put principles in the earth that you're to follow and they will reward you. And you want to know what breaks my heart, church? You got to wait because I'm thirsty. You guys enjoying this? You want to know what breaks my heart? What breaks my heart 
is in the areas of business and success and sometimes even family, the unbeliever is wiser than the believer. And it breaks my heart. Who do you think make the best music in the world? The world? Who has the biggest businesses? The world? Who has the most money? The world? Who has all the education systems? The world? Who's over the whole political realm? The world? Who owns the news stations? The world? Who owns the daycares? The world? So if our king created everything, why are we always second place? If I ask you to name the most successful people you will know, they don't probably go to church. So why is the world wiser than the church? And some of you guys are like, is the world even wiser than the church? We know Jesus. We got John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he died and gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not have it. Really now. Well, Pastor Kedja, how you know what you're saying true? I mean, like, we may be wiser than the world just because they're more successful or make them more wiser. You're right. Probably not. <laughs> because you don't have to take my word for it. I'm going to read to you what Jesus said in Luke 16, chapter 8, since you don't want to believe me. It says, and the Lord commended the unjust steward. Why are the stewards unjust? We can't find no just stewards. We don't steward anything in the church. The, and the Lord committed the unjust steward because he had done what? Wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Jesus said that. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. Jesus said y'all dumber than the world. Not me. Jesus said that. I'm going to tell you what. Because the world starts businesses and they succeed. Y'all fail. The world starts organizations, they flourish. Yours don't. Why? Why? Jesus said because they're wiser than you. You want to know something that I found so, so interesting? I remember when my dad wasn't a believer and he was a very successful businessman. And I remember something so crazy. He would always read. I went and stayed with him for a month. And he would read Proverbs every morning. And I'm like, Dad, do you believe? He's like, no. I'm like, why are you reading Proverbs? He said, because there's wisdom in Proverbs. And I need this for my company. So here's what the world does. They take the wisdom and the principles of the Bible. They strip it. They take God off of it. They apply it and it works because it's divine principle. God's not blessing them. They're just succeeding because they're using the principles of God. Why does that person that don't love God and those evil people at your job, they rich and they doing all good and you struggling? It's because they're following God's principles and you're not. They're following God's word and you're not. They're following God's way and you're not. They're walking in divine principle and principle works for you if you believe or don't. Imagine a Christian jumping off the roof and saying, I'm a believer so gravity don't work against me. Wow. 911, clean up on L3. <laughs> Why? See, when God put wisdom in principle, the principles are set. Let me ask you, I'm gonna give you some math principles. Five times five 
It's 25 whether you believe God or not. It's 25. You can speak in tongues, it's still going to be 25. You can like on Makoshetik and Mashatata Mashata. It's still going to be 25. And if you keep operating with no wisdom, you will stay broke. Your marriage will keep falling apart. Your kids won't know God and there'll be calamity in your house. You need wisdom. And let me tell you something about the world. They don't have God as a handicap like the church. See, they're actually going to have positive thinking. You're just going to pray that God will move it away. They're actually going to come work hard and you're just going to say you got faith. They're actually going to write a business plan and you're just going to say the Lord has ordered my steps. So why aren't you stepping in? Why aren't you stepping in? The church has become foolish and the problem with the church and God got on me as I was praying. And this is why I'm preaching this. And this is why we did the relationship series. He said, son, will you hear me? And I was in prayer. I was in the bathroom, y'all, and I was praying. And the Holy Spirit, he grabbed me. He started shaking me. He said to me that we have preached religion good. We've preached religion. We've preached Christianity. We've preached love God and just hug on God and just lean into God and God has a plan and he saved you and we preach all this stuff while our lives fell apart your mama was at church every Sunday and she would cuss you in the car your dad was a deacon at the church and he was as sinful as a heathen why? it's because we taught you spirituality but we didn't teach you transformation in Christ we didn't teach you how to live with God follow God we didn't teach you how to do money we didn't teach you how to do parenting we didn't teach you how to do marriage we didn't teach you how to do business we didn't teach you how to live God says I want to give you the Zoe kind of life the God kind of life the abundant kind of life And we told the church that all of you guys are just going to be unsuccessful and poor because we knew you would never have wisdom to get no money. Is this about money? Not at all. Not at all. But the Bible did say the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. Now, here's the problem with that. God's not going to steal from the sinner to give it to you. So you can just violate all his principles and waste it. So how does the sinner get the wealth of the righteous? Become wise. Follow biblical principle, insight and instruction. Follow the ways of God, the principles of God, making sure you have the containers to contain the blessing, making sure you're following instruction, making sure you're following principles. God's not blessing you if you're not listening to him. See, here's the difference between us and the world. The world can be blessed for their greed. But we're blessed for our faithfulness. I was on the phone with a pastor I hope to be my mentor this week. And he was like, what are some things I can help you with? I was like, well, our church, man, there's some things happening. We need to do this. And I was talking about some financial things. And he asked me a question. He said, what is your, what is your guys' $10 million plan? I said, well, uh, he said, shut up. He said, because well of ain't assured. He said, you don't have one. He said, which means if God gave y'all $10 million, y'all are wasted. He said, but thank, thank God for his wisdom. You guys will never get it until you have a plan with it. 
Because wealth without a plan creates corruption. Creates corruption. It creates corruption. See, the church, we, we don't just get blessed. We have to have a plan for it. God blesses us to be a blessing. That's why we get blessed. See, success can be about you. Blessing is about the world. You don't get blessed for you. And if you don't understand, if you think God is going to bless you just so you can get a faster car and a bigger house and a Louis bag and a Chanel bag and get your hair and nails done, <laughs> you're going to be broke. Because blessing is for vision. God gives provision for vision. And if you don't have a vision, he won't give you provision. Or he'll just give you enough for the little vision you got. God, I just pray that I can buy someone groceries a month. Here's an extra 300. Good luck. The children of the world are wiser. They follow the principles of God even when we don't. Now, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. Wisdom, wisdom requires two things. Wisdom requires two things. The first thing that wisdom requires is understanding. Understanding, the second thing wisdom requires is knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. Understanding. understanding. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. Understanding. understanding. Let's look again. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. And understanding. understanding. Check this out. Wisdom isn't just knowledge. You can't just go read books to get wise. And a lot of wisdom is more caught than taught. Getting around wise people is the fastest road to wisdom. Hanging out with them, picking their mind, asking questions, not talking, listening. Wisdom requires knowledge and understanding, which means a portion of wisdom is knowledge. But I'll sit down with a, a lot of knowledgeable people that can quote stuff they don't understand. You can quote the scriptures, but do you understand the scriptures? So in other words, let me break it down this way, church. You remember the book. You read the book, but do you understand it? Do you understand it? See, wisdom is understanding. Wisdom is not just the ability to know, but it's to know what to do with what you know. It's application. Wisdom is understanding. God is saying that you have to have an understanding heart. Have you ever talked to someone and you tell them something and they can't even understand you? They're like kind of offbeat. You're like, hey, if you do this, like God's going to bless you. What you trying to, I mean, I, I do do that. You idiot. You're a fool. Can I say idiot? Fool. You're a fool. That's better. You fool. You fool. You lack understanding. You don't have an understanding heart. Signs of an ununderstanding heart. Easily offended. Easily frustrated. Taking things the wrong way. Thinking people talking about you when they're not. You lack understanding of heart. Solomon asked God for one thing. He said, God, give me understanding of heart. Why didn't he ask for knowledge? You can get knowledge, but God gives understanding. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is when knowledge and understanding have a baby. When knowledge and understanding have a baby, that baby name is wisdom. So wisdom isn't just what, it's what to do with what. In other words, here's the difference between knowledge and understanding. See, the difference between Pastor Tish and I is, we can both go to the store and buy the groceries. I can pick up the chicken. I can pick up the mac and cheese. I can pick up the seasoning. I can pick up the, I can pick up the, the mashed potatoes. I can get it. 
and I can put it on the table. I got knowledge. That is mac and cheese. And that right there is mashed potatoes and that's chicken and that's lemon pepper seasoning. And we can both know what it is. The only problem is when it's time to put it together. One of us know how to do that and one of us don't. And I'm the one that don't. I get that mac and cheese. How you even open up this thing? I get that seasoning. How much is too much? I get that chicken. Man, I remember when Trent graduated college. Y'all, the funniest moment of my life. <laughs> I remember when he attempted to cook some chicken, y'all. This mug was, I don't know how he accomplished it. It was froze on the outside. It was burning in the middle with a pile of seasoning sitting on top of it. And everyone at my house was just like, what in the world? They was laughing at him. And he was going to attempt to eat this frozen, burnt chicken to prove he's going to stand behind his meal. You had knowledge, brother, but you lacked understanding. He didn't understand what to do with the knowledge. And a lot of you guys are reading the Bible, but you don't know how to use it. You're reading the principles of God. You don't know what to do with them. God is telling you you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, but you're still walking around broken and old because you don't have understanding of what God said. God is telling you you're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, but you're still walking around like a tail, not a head, because you lack understanding. Understanding, understanding. God wants to give you understanding of heart. So when he speaks to you, you get it. And I used to think that godliness was only holiness. I thought it was just holiness. If someone was godly, they were pure, they prayed, and they just, they were holy. I didn't know godliness was wisdom too. It was wisdom too. That when you see a real godly person, they are pious, they are holy, but they're wise, they're just, they're sound. I got a couple things, and my uh, keyboard player can come up. I got a couple things to show you right quick, and then I'm going to close out. You guys enjoying this? Wisdom has virtue. Everyone say wisdom Wisdom. has virtue. So so godliness is not just holiness, but it's also wisdom. And here's some of the virtues of wisdom. One of the virtues wisdom has is caution. Everyone say caution. caution. Wisdom is careful. You know when there's a wise person because they're not reckless. They're not just driving fast. They're not putting people in danger. They're not just splurging and wasting money. They're a careful person. They're not just doing stupid stuff. They're not living on the edge. Wisdom is careful. Wisdom has caution. One of the virtues of wisdom. Everyone say moderation. Moderation. Wisdom doesn't overindulge. It doesn't overindulge in food. You're going to harm your body. This is kingdom, y'all. It doesn't overindulge in spending. Some of you guys get paid and you have already spent before your check came in. Cut that credit card if you can't use it right. Wisdom has moderation. You are spending away your destiny. Wisdom has moderation. You can't take that trip. Wisdom has moderation. You can't eat out every day. Wisdom has moderation. Stop overindulging. The third one is wisdom is brave. Wisdom has courage. Wisdom has courage. Wisdom is brave. Now, there's a lot of brave dead people. Because wisdom knows not only how to fight, but wisdom knows when to fight. There is a time for war and there's a time for peace. Wisdom has timing. 
Wisdom don't just know what to do. It knows when to do it. Here's another thing wisdom has. Wisdom has justice. Wisdom has sound judgment. The fastest way to know someone's wise, if you're a, if you're a business person, I'm going to give you a major key. Before you hire people, you should put together a list of questions. Questions. The fastest way to know what's in someone is what comes out of them. See, you're not just what enters you. You're also what exits you. So I ask questions. I ask questions. I ask questions like, so if someone was stealing, how would you approach it? Well, I'll go to confront them and tell them to quit stealing, pastor. Okay, idiot. You ain't working with me. Because you have just alarmed them that we're on to them and given them time to cover their tracks. You're a fool. You're showing me that you have a high sense of justice, but you lack wisdom. You lack timing. You lack caution. And now you storm into battle, not prepared, and definitely go and make it look like you stole because you're an idiot. I mean, foolish. <laughs> My bad. So, so, so you ask a collection of questions to know. You ask all kind of questions and you can identify how wise they are. And if you have a wise employee, they can be everything you need because if you can be taught, you can be anything. Never hire somebody you can't teach. Never. Dumbest thing you can ever do. Because someone that can't be taught is frozen in a state. They cannot progress. So, wisdom has relatives. One of the relatives of wisdom is knowledge. Another one is understanding. Another one is discernment. Another one is justice. And another one is righteousness. True wisdom is righteous, is pious, is godly, is holy. Now, how do you get wisdom? Getting ready to close. How do you get wisdom? How do you get it? The Bible says, desire wisdom more than rubies. Desire wisdom more than rubies. How do you know if you desire wisdom? Is because it costs you something. If you desire wisdom, it costs you something. If you have to give all of your possessions, get wisdom. You are hungry for knowledge. You're hungry for understanding. You're hungry for application. Whatever it costs. You know how many meals I've paid for to get wisdom? You know how many people I've paid? Talking to a wise pastor last week, I asked him a question. I said, how do I get mentored by you? Is there a fee I need to pay? He could have said 5,000, I would have paid it. Why? Because I'll trade all that I have to get wisdom. Because my wisdom is what brings me wealth. The Bible says, if you get wisdom and her right hand is long life. Anybody wanna live long in this room? Wisdom is how you live long. And then her left hand is honor and riches. Honor and riches. Anyone want to be honored in this room? You want to live an honorable life? You want to be remembered? You want wealth so you can take care of your family and bless your church and bless the community and bless people that don't have much. If you want those things, it's trapped in wisdom. Wisdom said, I have it in my hands. Which means if you get her, you get the honor from her. You get the riches from her. You get long life from her. Desire wisdom and you know you desire wisdom because you're willing to pay anything for it. I struggle sleeping at night because I want more wisdom. Every time my pastor had a 5 a.m. breakfast, I was there. 
Every time he opened a church, I was there. Not because he was my pastor, but because he was wise. And I hunger and I thirst for wisdom that if you would honor her and chase her and pursue her, you would catch her. You would catch her. And she is the master key to everything in your life. I need money, wisdom. My marriage, wisdom. My business, wisdom. My job, wisdom. I don't want to work here no more. I hate it here, wisdom. You're stuck on that job because of a lack of wisdom. Everything you despise is traced back to a lack of wisdom. I want to be more anointed in my gift, wisdom. Wisdom, that God gives wisdom towards our calling and our anointings. Everything requires wisdom. I'm sharing this and then I'm closing. Luke chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, go to it. Luke chapter 2. You guys are there, say ready. Y'all just waiting on the screen. Well, verse 51, Luke chapter 2, verse 51. So Jesus was in the temple, baffling doctors and lawyers, and, and he was young Jesus at the age of 12 years old, and he's baffling doctors and lawyers, and he's brilliant already, and they're marveling. He's confusing them with his questions. He's Jesus. Now, why did Jesus have to wait to the age of 30 to begin his ministry? Why? Uh, we see something in the Bible. At 12, he's in the temple. He's baffling doctors and lawyers. And he is answering their questions and asking them questions they can't answer. That's a bad kid. Imagine a kid like, you're like, so what do you do with da-da-da? And they're like, da-da-da-da. And they're right. You're like, oh, my gosh. Then they ask you a question. So, mom, what do you do with da-da-da-da? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's different. So this is the state of, the, of, of boy Jesus, right? Then his parents come to get him. And then he goes off on them. And he says to his mom, woman, I must be about my father's business. Now, we know Jesus Mom wasn't black because he would have been knocked out. That would have been the end of that. But he said, woman, I must be about my father's business. In other words, he was saying, I can't go with you guys because I got to be about the business of my father. I got ministry. I got to save the world. I must be about it. And then here's what it said next. It says, then he went down with them. Look at the humility of our God. That you're God and you got to go listen to a woman that's your parent, but you really created her. It says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them or submitted to them. God submitted. Oh, but you can't, right? Because can't nobody tell you nothing to do, right? I know. It says, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. See, when you see that passion of your child, keep it in your heart. Because that may be a clue to their future destiny. That's a different sermon, though. But verse 52, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, because it really don't make sense until it makes sense. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom. And Jesus increased in wisdom. And Jesus increased in wisdom. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We see Jesus answering hard questions and asking harder ones. 
Then he submits to his parents. So we see God on the earth. This is him outside of the manger. Now we see Jesus on the scene. And the first thing he needed wasn't food, wasn't, a, wasn't shelter. Of course, he needed those things. But the first intangible thing we see that God, 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 God needed was wisdom. So he went and submitted. And after his submission to his parents, then he began to increase in wisdom. So if Jesus knew he needed wisdom for his ministry and to be about his father business, why do you run your business without wisdom? Why do you lead your ministry without wisdom? Why do you get married without wisdom? Why do you parent without wisdom? Why do you live without wisdom? The thing that God needed was wisdom. He needed it to survive. But, but you know, because you know everything, right? It said, then he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he increased in stature, right? That's his, his presence. Then it says he increased in favor with God and man. If you're going to be blessed and great, you're going to not only need the favor of God, you're going to need the favor of man. How do you get the favor of God and man? Wisdom. You be wise because you know how to encourage people. You know how to compliment people. You know how to love people properly. You know what they need. You know what they need. You should be a wise person. When I work on my staff, they don't even have to tell me when something's wrong. I can see it on their face. I can sense it. I got divine insight. The Lord shows me. He shows me. Your spouse shouldn't have to tell you they're frustrated. You should have insight. You should be wiser. She didn't have the courage to tell you, man of God. You should have had wisdom. And the woman requires it for you. That's why she gets mad at you for what you don't know. You just didn't say nothing to me. Oh, baby, I didn't know. She's saying, you idiot, you should have known. Well, how can you know what you should have known when you didn't know? Be wise. Be wise. Because you can have insight, and then God gives you divine instruction, then you follow the principles of the Bible, fixes the problem every time. Now, let me show you wisdom. Because ignorance says, I know too much. And wisdom says, I know too little. So Jesus at 12, and he wasn't ignorant. I'm not implying that. But Jesus at 12, he was just young, and he needed to increase in wisdom. At 12, he said, I must be about my father's business. We skip all the way to 30, and Jesus is at the wedding, and they run out of wine. Now, I don't know why Jesus felt the need to fix their drinking problems, but hey, the Lord about the party, you know what I'm saying? I'm playing, y'all. They run out of wine. And his mother, the same person that pulled him out of the temple and made him come home and submit, she said, do something about it. And you know what Jesus said to her? He said, woman, my time has not yet come. So you have this person at 12 that needed to increase in wisdom, saying, I must be about my father's business. Then he increases in wisdom. And now he's ready. But wisdom says, I know so little. 
And though he's ready, his mom, she kept that in her heart because she was waiting on the time to release her son to the world. And when it was time to release her son, he said, woman, my time has not yet come. But see, the Lord has spoke to Mary and said, no, his time is here. He's just wise now and wisdom has caution. See, it don't just step out foolishly. So even though it was time, you know a wise person, because when it's time to go, you're still kind of waiting. You're still not ready to go. You're not ready to start that business. Your hands are still shaking. You're, you're not ready to jump in that marriage. You're shaking. Even though it's time, you're still waiting because you're wise. And then immediately, because she knew it was his time, she ran to the people around him. She says, y'all, do whatever he tell y'all to do. Why? Because she knew that wisdom has what? Instruction. Yeah. Right? Wisdom has instruction. And immediately, Jesus arose. And with the first thing that came out of his mouth was divine instruction. He said, fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. Fill them. Fill them. Fill them, fill them, fill them. And they went and filled the water pots with dirty, nasty water. And Jesus came and he turned dirty, nasty water into wine. Now, why, if he can turn dirty, nasty water into wine, did he really need them to fill the water pots? No. But Jesus was basically saying again, see, I cannot bless this mess without obedience and before I can do a miracle I need you to be obedient and in this miracle Jesus was basically telling the people he was saying that faith don't work if you don't faith don't work if you don't you cannot have faith for me to turn water into wine if you're not willing to fill the buckets so he was teaching them the concept of faith and the bible says faith without works is what dead so he was saying that if we're going to have faith we got to have work so he made them work and fill the water pot so their faith wouldn't be dead it would be alive and a life faith moves the hand of god and it moves the heart of god and it moves in divine wisdom because they follow divine instruction and when they filled the water pots jesus was showing them something he was showing them that when you fill this thing up i don't care if it's dirty i don't care if it's muddy i don't care if it looks bad i will take this mess and turn it into greatness i will take this mess and turn it into greatness he is telling you and he's telling radiant church if you fill this church I don't care if it's with sinners I'll take sinners and turn them into sons I'll turn them into sons but I need you to follow instruction I said go into all the world and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit if you would just go I will move if you would do the natural I would do the supernatural because faith requires motion faith requires actions and I'm gonna ask you some church if you're not getting purified wine in your life, what water pot are you being disobedient and not feeling? Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by this message from Pastor KJ Johnson. If this is your first time listening to our Radiant Church podcast, please text first time to 903-201-0606. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. We love you and we'll see you next time.